Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Does that count? <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. The Dublin captain, Ashling Marr, is on the line. Morning, Ashling. Hi, guys. Good to see you. Uh, welcome back to the show. Friend of the show, I was saying earlier on, you're kind of becoming now at this stage, so, and uh, we're happy for that as well, particularly given the proximity to the kickoff of the Championship, obviously, against Tip and the Rag tomorrow, the opening game in round uh, Group 2, um, and the top two in each group will through to at least a quarter-final. So you've Dublin, Kilkenny, Tipperary and Wexford, and no room for a slip, and a tough opener. Yeah, yeah, tough opening game, all right. Uh, the other two groups, Group 1 and Group 3, had their first round last weekend, so uh, we were watching that and kind of, Buzzing to get going now. Looking forward to getting into it. Points piece this time last year in in Parnell Park and like Dublin, unlucky, certainly unlucky not to get over the line at that point. Uh, obviously, some things have changed since that, but an indicator that it could be very tight. Yeah, look, I think we've had great games with Tip over the years. You know, we know what Tip are going to bring. Bring their strong team. They're a good hurling team. Uh, the Rag obviously is their is their home venue. That's their stomping ground. So it's a it's a tough place to go and get a win. Um, but we've had our fair share of battles with them down there as well. So looking forward to getting out and getting into it. I'd imagine Ashley, you like this like as a player. Do you like this time of the year? Because you think back to the winter months, probably when you're slogging through training and pre seasons and all the rest. But I'd imagine when you're in the thick of of games and matches, it it just makes life a little bit easier. Yeah, 100%. I think anybody anybody who picked the summer hurling over the winter hill runs and uh, the conditioning where you're told to leave your hurls at home and all the rest. Uh, so definitely enjoying being back at this time of year and championship. I think the weather and everything the last few months has really given that kind of summer buzz, that championship buzz. Um, the ground is hard and, and everybody feels like they're in summer hurling time. So yeah, definitely. This is These are the months you play for, you know. Is this your first run of captaincy for Dublin? Uh, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Is it your first run of captaincy Overall, or is it something you've done before? I've done a few of the club bits and that, um, but first first run with County, all right, yeah. And how are you finding it? Yeah, yeah, good. Like to be honest with you, you know, it's a great team. There's there's plenty of girls in there that have that have a good bit of experience that are are doing as much, if not more, of the work than I am. You know, so uh, it's not it's not falling on my shoulders too much uh, in terms of uh, workload or anything like that. You know, there's plenty of people to sh- to spread it around with. So uh, I'm I'm just taking just taking the title and not taking any of the work to go with it. So <laughs> that, as, as any good leader would say, Ashling. Um, <laughs> like, but it is true that the model or the idea of captaincy, like even of leadership, has changed so much over the last sort of 10 years probably what type of um what type of a captain do you see yourself is it just to expand a little bit on what you've said is it like uh are you vocal is it lead by example or yeah where do you sit on that yeah i mean i'm probably one of those players that never really stops talking regardless of whether i'm captain or not so the only thing is the girls are forced to listen to me a little bit more now um but no i think i think exactly what you said there with the leadership groups and stuff that's something we started doing probably She's probably five or six years ago at this stage, kind of um, developing those leadership groups where you have girls from whether it's each age group or whether it's making sure you have a girl from one of the clubs that has bigger numbers just to make sure the kind of whole team is represented um, by a group of maybe five or six players that can come together and, you know, make leadership groups as, as a mini team as such within the team. Um, and I think that's that's very effective. So uh, a lot of the time as captain, maybe all you're doing is kind of being a communication between that group and management or making sure messages go up 
up and down um, accurately between the two. But I think, you know, the, that leadership group uh, idea is, is really taken off um, in Camogie anyway in recent years. I think it's very effective. So happy to let them them do the bulk of the work. And I'll just keep giving out as well anyway. Aside from that. <laughs> it can be, like even that stuff that you've described there, it can be like an emotional drain on some level where you're, you know, on one part, obviously trying, particularly given your position and given your role around uh, place balls, it can be an emotional drain, obviously, to sort of pull away from that. Do you, uh, do you find that? Yeah, I think, to be honest, like, as a player, you know, I, I remember, like, playing Camogie in college and stuff like that and having a county team and having a, a pretty serious club team as well and thinking, will I play with college as well, won't I? And coming to the conclusion, look, I, I'll go in and I'll play, but I won't get too emotionally involved and I won't get involved in any of the background stuff and I'll just show up and I'll train when it suits me. Um and sure, that never happened because <laughs> it's the type of player you are. Do you know what I mean? You can't be involved. In, like I was playing Division Three colleges with Trinity when I started, and like it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, you nearly get more frustrated playing at that level, trying to drive the standards up, than mm. you would going out and playing a senior into county or something. So it's probably the type of player I am that I'll always be emotionally involved in where the team is and what we're doing. Um, and I, I don't think that changes um, because because you're captain. Obviously, it is something that, you you know, you manage with your own play, regardless of who you are on the team. Um, but I, I'm, I'm getting enough experience at this stage that I'm, I'm kind of getting used to that. So Hopefully, you won't have to sample too much of it. I know, obviously, the Leinster final didn't go your way, but hopefully, you won't have to sample too much of the on the defeat side of things. But do you think it? You take it harder as captain. Um, geez, I don't know. My family probably say I stopped talking to them anyway for the last few <laughs> years after losses. So, um, I don't know. I suppose yes and no. I don't. I don't know that being captain necessarily is what makes me take it harder. But definitely, you know, I'm one of the senior players probably on the team this year. Probably yeah. have you know more experience and a lot of the girls it's a very it's a very young team that's in there so I think from that side of it maybe you take that little bit more responsibility on your shoulders or take it a little bit harder Um, you know look you're, you're not going to get to play forever there's only so many Leinster finals you get to there's probably even fewer you get to where you come into the closing minutes and, and you're giving Kilkenny a good run so obviously going to take a loss like that hard but uh I think in general you know we can we can look back and say it was a strong Leinster campaign for ourselves you know, good wins over Wexford and Mead and, and getting a good game against Kilkenny down in Nolan Park. I mean, short of winning it, there's little else you can ask for than that, you know, in terms of uh, All-Ireland Championship prep. So so still still able to eventually look back and reflect on it as, as a positive experience, if not in the immediate aftermath. Yeah, I know it's tough sometimes actually to take the positives out of a, out of a defeat, but you really do have to look at that Kilkenny game and say, right, it was in Nolan Park, they're All-Ireland Champions, you put in a, a, an unbelievable performance and executed a game plan really, really well. And, and also even, I think uh, your manager was speaking about the fitness levels afterwards as well, even towards the tail end of the match, you know, still going for it. So there's so many positive things to take out of that game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of what we'd worked on in the previous two games kind of came true for us in that Kilkenny game um, in terms of, you know, we'd a, like we had a really close game with Wexford um, in the first round. You know, we were in some ways lucky to come out on top of that then by two points, I think it was in the end. And then we had a more comprehensive win against Mead and brought a lot more scorers into it and uh, had a lot more girls uh, taking points and stuff from play. So that was something that we really wanted to continue into the Kilkenny game. And it was it was something that we, we managed to, kind of improve on and, and to integrate into our performance in the final so like definitely a lot of positives from that perspective in the type of performance we're going we're, we're going after and what we're trying to do um, but yeah you know yeah, we, we see these things in hindsight but ultimately we're, we're playing you know because we want to win and because we want to come out on top of those games so we'll still use it as, as fuel and drive on again now for, for the All-Ireland 
you've spoken uh, to us before on the show, Ashling, about the eight or nine managers that have, you've had in your time at Dublin and the churn that that and the lack of consistency is a very obvious thing. Obviously, it jumps out when you talk about those sort of numbers. Um, you might say, given that he's given you the captaincy, that uh, maybe this is a daft question. But does it feel as a bit more settled under Jerry McQuaid now over the last little while? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um Look, you know, uh, obviously we had uh, we have had a lot of turnover in Dublin Camogie. We, you know, a little a little bit more change around at the start of this year as well than we would have wanted to have. But uh, to be fair to Jerry and uh, and and Mickey and the rest of the lads that are gone in there, you know, I think they've they've done a great job. Um, you can see the improvements in us. I think from early in the league until now, you know, they were they were handed a fairly new team with a very high turnover rate. Um, partially because of those reasons that we've discussed before, I suppose about that kind of lack of consistency for us with management. Um, and to be fair to the lads, I think you know they've they've done a great job at kind of helping us to gel and bond as a team. And I think we've made we've made huge strides in in the uh, short period of time that they've been in there. So yeah, so so far this year, so good, and and hopefully we can continue to build on it. Like you've chatted about the the closing of the gap with Kilkenny, who I'm sure are are, uh, are a uh, at this point becoming a, a frustration to say the least. Is there an overall sense, uh, Ashling, that you're not a million miles off where you need to be in terms of the top teams? Yeah, I I think so. You know, I, I think yeah, not just ourselves, but I think there's a number of kind of middle tier teams, if you like, who are constantly, you know, chomping at the bit and pushing to, to make that break up. Um, you know, Waterford were, were almost there last year. Tip have been very close in, in, in previous years as well. Uh, and our, ourselves too, you know, running close on, on the Leinster final. I, I think we're seeing that push the whole time. Uh, Tip obviously won Munster Championship this year. Waterford knocked Cork out after them women and probably, I don't know, the previous 15 or something like that, Munster titles. So I think, you know, across the country, there is there is that constant push on. And, you know, cr- credit to the top three, Kilkenny, Cork and Galway. They do just continue to manage to push that push that barrier on ever so slightly each year um, to keep pressure and everybody coming behind them. But I do think the, the gap is narrowing and it's only a matter of time until we do see a bit of, a bit of changeover in that, you know. It's a bit of a psychological thing, Ashley, too, isn't it? Like when you get close to Kilkenny in a game like that, away from home, uh, and even heading into this temporary game, all of a sudden, as opposed to maybe five, six, seven years ago, there's an attitude, I'd say, in the Dublin camp that you can beat anyone really, and it, it comes down to that mental side of things as well, I suppose. It does, yeah, absolutely, and you know that you have those like uh, those small moments that can have a huge influence, I think, on on teams in the larger scale of things and you know you have a, a swing of a point or two in a game that either puts you winning it or losing it and it can make a huge difference to the trajectory that that team go on thereafter so um, I think you know it's just important for us to, to keep pushing to keep creating those chances for us to keep putting ourselves in in the boiling pot with five minutes to go against some of the big teams and, and we will eventually get that break and get one of those big games over the line um, and I think once we do you know it'll be it'll be a huge building point for us with, with Dublin then thereafter. I wanted to ask you about general sort of progression about Camogie and it was particularly in light of a conversation we'd had on the show last week and I ask you it in, in the context on, of uh, an article that's appeared in some of the back pages uh, this morning about um, fixtures of disgrace writing Paul Keane in the Irish Star here and it's a Cork story about some of the dual pair, players been a, a clash um, arising at uh, championship level. Uh, between Camogie and football and, and that's maybe the context of the question but we'd sp- spoken to the former England uh, football international Jilly Flaherty last week about um, Chelsea's WSL win and it had been sort of a lot of writing about the tweaks that they'd made I think to their preparation particularly around stuff like sleep and recovery and tweaks like that that obviously always come out in the aftermath of a big win like that uh, and we were sort of I was a bit surprised about the 
comparisons with the men's game in the sense that like those things have been around forever and these are teams with obviously big budgets on the men's side and but all these things were known in the men's game and it sort of I was asking the question as to why they hadn't been brought over to the women's game sooner if they were known. Um, how is Camogie set up in terms of best practice in your view now at the minute um, across those areas like preparation obviously to do the games and then recovery? Yeah, I think uh, the position that we're in now is incomparable to where it was when I first played with Dublin Camogie, which was, geez, 10 years ago, say at this stage. Um, like in terms of the support that we get, you know, we have a, a nutritionist available to us. We have a sports psychologist available to us. We have an S&C coach in with us pretty much full time, um, you know, sports masseuse, physio, all that sort of stuff. Um, I do think that I'm like I'm coming from probably a little bit more of a privileged position in Dublin that, uh, you know, we've had that cross-code sponsorship from AIG and uh, we've probably got a lot more supports as a camogie team than a lot of the other camogie teams would have across the country. You know, I know girls from other counties would have would have been really struggling to even have physios at training sessions um, and things like that. So, like, I, I don't speak for camogie in that regard. I do think that, that Dublin are, are, are well looked after Um does the exact gap still exist? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, it does. Um, and the way that it comes true most for me is um, in the things that, you know, as a county board, the our Camogie County Board can't control. So whether that's like access to pitches, access to facilities, you know, something that people don't realise. I think a lot of the time when they give out about the, the lack of access that Camogie teams have to the likes of Parnell Park or Crow Park or anywhere like that is that, Obviously, those grounds belong to the GAA, and you know, Camogie is not part of the GAA at present. Um, so we are relying on, on on goodwill anytime we get access to somewhere like that. And you know, it's if you look at it through that lens, it's more understandable that Camogie isn't uh, isn't a priority on those pitches. But we will never achieve equality, and we will never, you know, achieve a level playing field for for young girls and young boys coming up until we we do have equal access, and until we do integrate Camogie into the GAA, and we get to a position where. You know, a young girl growing up has has equal entitlement to resources that are present as as a young boy growing up, um, and I, I think you know that's that's become abundantly clear in the conversations that have been had around integration over the last probably twelve months more at this stage, um, and it's it's just a question of of acting on it now and, and and trying to get it into into place as quickly as possible. As quickly as we can hurry all of that up, the better. And uh, but but very well put, Ashing. Best of luck tomorrow. Thanks, Millie, for jumping on. Cheers, thanks for having me. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.